Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. Episode 32 Provide Mental Health Services to Pupils. Hello, this is Simon Lewis from Onshaw.net and you're very welcome to our podcast, If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, If you've ever worked in a primary school for at least a decade and you were asked, what was the number one change in pupils since you began your career? It probably wouldn't be a surprise if children's mental health was top of that list. However, accessing services for mental health is almost impossible leading to a deterioration of behaviours and putting the health and safety and well-being of all children at risk. This week, I'll be arguing that if I were the Minister for Education, I would provide proper mental health services for pupils. If you have ever looked for support for a child with mental health issues in your school, you're probably not going to want to listen to the rest of this episode because frankly, it's going to simply exasperate your own mental health. The whole system, in a word, is a disgrace. The mental health reform pre-budget submission started with the following paragraph. The prevalence of mental health difficulties in Ireland is significant. The most recent census data, which is 2016, shows that the percentage of people with a psychological or emotional condition increased by almost 30% between 2011 and 2016. The Healthy Ireland survey reports that almost 10% of the Irish population over the age of 15 has a probable mental health problem at any one time. And the situation's actually even worse and more severe for children and young people, with almost 20% of young people aged uh, between 19 and 24 years having, a men- having had a mental health disorder and 15% of children aged 11 to 13 also having experienced a mental health disorder. That's all from the... Um, this mental health reform pre-budget submission. So 15% of children in Ireland, uh, primary school children in Ireland, have experienced a mental health disorder. That's that's about four to five children in in an average class. And, And what's the answer? Well, I mean, the answer is actually fairly straightforward. And, you know, sometimes, you know, if an answer is straightforward, it, it maybe it should just be done. And it's, it's, it's just providing mental health services. And the thing is, they exist in Ireland. Mental health services do exist in Ireland. And, and the service is called CAMS um, for children and adolescents. But in, in primary schools, we're focusing on children. CAMS stands for Children and Adolescents Mental Health Services. And, and the problem is um, that it isn't providing enough of a very good service. Because when a child, and it's like anything in the HSE, it's, it's very hard to get into it. But once you're into it, you're well looked after. Well, you're generally well looked after. Um, but the problem is that the number of referrals has increased by over 40% in the, this year alone. There's 19,000 children that have been referred to the CAM service. Um, and according to a report in 2018, that was December 2018, so at the very end, the total number of children and young people on the CAMS waiting list was 2,500. 314 of those have been waiting for over a year for an appointment. This is, um, I, I mean, I think it is, I, I don't think it's, 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 it's wrong to say it's a, it's a national scandal that this is the case. Um, we know this and the answer is very simple as well. Like, basically, I could make this, 
podcast episode extremely short and, and basically state that if I were the Minister for Education, <laughs> I'd give some of my money away and I'd pump a load of my resources into CAMS and that would be it. And in fairness, that is the answer really. However, I'm not going to quit the episode after five minutes. Why would I do that? I'm sure you wouldn't get to listen to my voice for my croaky voice, as, as you can hear, for, for, for the, the half hour or so. But uh, in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to tell you what the, um, what the Minister for Education actually did rather than what she should have done. Um, and basically what they did, and they did it very hastily, was they um, turned to my favourite word in education. And in fact, I'd say it's everyone's favourite word right now in education. And that word is well-being. Yes, and what they d- created, and basically they created a document that I've kind of wanted to review on this podcast for a little while because it, it came on my bookshelf a few a few years ago, and I remember looking at kind of in disbelief that this was this really hastily put together and um, piece of oh I mean I won't call it I won't go as far as calling it nonsense um, was produced for schools, and this was to tick basically I've never seen anything that looked like it. It was deliberately trying to tick a box to get out of trouble. It's, it felt, kind of felt like, you know, someone, um, had, you know, you're a child in school who just forgotten to do their homework 10 minutes before you had to leave for school. So you effectively just wrote anything uh, down in your, in your copybook. I mean, that's what the document was. So I basically just said, I might review it. Um, so the document is called Wellbeing in Primary Schools. And to save you the time of reading it, I feel it would be a good idea for me to go through it uh, live, I'm going to read it. Read it live, and um, there's 52 pages of it. It's sort of a live summary. And um, I've done this a couple of times in this podcast, and um, so you'll have to excuse all the hmms and ems and, um, <laughs> well, you might not hear shakes of the head, but if you start, if you hear me, if you hear a pause, <laughs> it's probably me going, shaking my head at at some point. Um, but basically, by the end of this episode, we should have a decent summary of this 52-page document. Um, but before. Um, I even started. I mean, I'm, I haven't even opened it yet. Um, before I even started, I can imagine a, at least a quarter of it's going to be fluff. So what I'll do is I'll state that if I were the Minister for Education, right, I would provide adequate services for children with mental health disorders or issues. Um, however, because I'm not the Minister for Education, um, I'm going to review what the Minister for Education did in 2018, I think it was, or 2017, it might have been 2017, and um, and then we'll come back at the end and, I suppose, critique it, maybe take some highlights from it. So, um, I'll be back with that after this. I'm um, now looking at a PDF of uh, the uh, document here, uh, which is Wellbeing in Primary Schools, which has been joint published um, by the NEPS service, um, the Department of Health, the HSC and the Department of Education and Skills. And the forward really is from the Minister of Education at the time, uh, which was Janice Sullivan. And uh, then there was actually a Minister for Mental Health. I didn't know there was a Minister for Mental Health. Um, gosh, that was some, uh, I can't say, I don't know. Look, maybe she was effective, I don't know. Um, but um, given given the uh, crisis that's out there, um, that may, maybe not. But uh, basically, um, they, they start off by saying, uh, with a forward which isn't very interesting um, there's nothing in it really except to say that they're um they they that'll provide practical guidance for how primary schools can promote mental health and well-being uh well i'll be the judge of that um it's got a table of contents um and a lot of it is fluff why is mental health important i don't need to read that bit what is the purpose of the guidelines i think that's where i'm going to start off with um 
there's a lot of acknowledgements um um right i'm not going to read those um and let's go what is the purpose okay so the purpose of the guidelines is to promote mental health where oh my goodness um let me see uh build on existing good practice already in place in primary schools inform schools about health promoting schools framework and coordinators handbook program there's they're actually doing nothing here um i'm just reading through not much good who are the guidelines for well i think we all know that who developed the guidelines so i mean so far nothing um and i'm on page nine um then it says what is positive mental health and well-being and they define that that's not helpful moving on to page 10 what is mental health promotion again what is primary school's role in mental health promotion here we go um so this is what they think of the primary school's role so we got to page 10 with the first piece of information um, mental health promotion in schools is about providing a full continuum of mental health promotion programs and services in schools oh come on seriously um that's the definition um i'm not seeing anything solid or concrete here um no nothing um what are the risk and protective factors in mental health um again it just quotes an academic paper um i suppose one one thing that might be useful okay fair enough i found the first useful thing on page 11 and it's in bold which uh, which is quite useful it's called the presence of one supportive adult in a young person's life is critically important to their well-being sense of connectedness self-confidence and ability to cope with difficulties over 70 percent reported that they receive support from one adult in their life and teachers are sometimes that one good adult acting as a powerful protective force in a child's life i i, I think that kind of sums uh, like i know i've been bit I've been totally disparaging so far, but that one sentence, which uh, I don't—they didn't write themselves. I don't think—is—is—is um, is, is probably why we're in the job a lot of the time. However, when I—I uh, I, I say that with a caveat, um, I don't—I think we can um, be that one good adult and be there for a child, um, but we also need support ourselves as teachers to be able to support that child to be a proper one good adult we might be lucky in that we might naturally be able to be a one good adult for the needs of a particular child with a particular mental health difficulty but it's not um that it's it shouldn't be by accident we we, we all need teachers need the support and also if you are taking on the responsibility of being this one good adult in a child's life you also need the supports out there. And I suppose at this point, I, I should mention that um, teachers do have a service um, to speak to somebody. Um, I'm not going to bore you with the details of it, but um, because that's not my, my role in this podcast, really. But um, the, the, what my role is to basically say it's been cut in half um, over uh, in the last couple of years. So you get three free counselling sessions uh, from, from a counsellor. Um, which might be of, of use to people but i mean this just goes to show how how much the department of education really take things seriously but i thought anyway that's that that paragraph i suppose was um sort of useful on page 11 um it goes on really um about uh relationships um and also talks about um a, a list a load of um points which have very little uh, use in terms of protective factors but um they are there uh, on page 11 and um, they talk about risk factors, um, which are which are kind of interesting. 
um, to hear the risk factors for, for a child's mental health and I think it's worth listing those. See, as I said, some of this document is useful. Um, bullying and relationship difficulties, low academic achievement, violence, aggression, learning disabilities, cultural differences, low self-esteem, stressful life events, difficult school transitions, poor connection between family and school and harsh and inconsistent discipline can be factors that could um, exasperate uh, a mental health difficulty for a child. So that's section one basically summarised very quickly. I think that paragraph is quite useful really um, about the one good adult and maybe my own thoughts on it there might be um, might be of use um, as well. Um, section two is about whole school support for all, some and a few. I don't know if I like that title, um, but um, basically there's an introduction as always um, that has frameworks now, uh, frameworks for mental health promotion, um, because I suppose that's where we're kind of trying to follow. Now we have had zero training in this, by the way, I, I before I start on it, uh, but basically what they're saying is we should use school self-evaluation for this. I mean, for goodness sake, um, it's, it's just one of those, one of those things the Department of Education throw out there, um, basically that that now we have to well-being is now an SSE thing. Um, anyway, I'm not going to. That's what they've suggested. Um, a health promoting school approach. So basically, um, they um, feel that we should use uh, HPS approach. It's a new acronym for us now. I'm probably sure we're going to hear a bit about the health promoting school approach. We may miss, we may wish to address mental health and well-being through the health promoting school process um, and it's both complementary to and supportive of a school self-evaluation process and um, began in Europe in the 1980s um, so maybe maybe I should have been doing this I don't know I've just never heard of it um, and I'm just looking through the document uh, to see if there's anything there um, a health promoting school aims to provide a framework for developing health promoting initiatives in a way that supports and enhances the implementation of the curriculum. So I guess further into this document, we're going to see some initiatives, uh, maybe some new, maybe some not so new. Um, support the planning, implementation, evaluation of health related activities and enhance the links between a school and its community. So nothing really new there. Um, there's four key areas um, for that. The environment, the curriculum, policy and planning and partnership. Um, and it basically summarizes what they are. I don't think I need to summarize all those, um, but they've effectively, um, it's kind of actually, no, do you know what I will? They actually have this nice little jigsaw um, approach of what those things look like in, in, in practice. So if we look at the environment, so this is what a school should have. It should have a social environment and a physical environment. So basically relationships is, is all the social thing, which is very interesting. So staff relations are seen as important. Student relations are seen as important. Um, Student-staff relationships, staff-principal relationships and parents, uh, guardians uh, with, uh, relationships are also seen as important. Um, and the physical space is interesting. It needs to be warm, and there's no guarantee of that considering we don't get enough of a capitation grant. Um, it needs to be safe. I suppose we're, we're good at that at schools. It needs to be well-kept, again, uh, our clean and tidy as well. So again, we don't get enough money for cleaners. So I mean, again, that's not absolutely 100% of guarantee. And plants and trees, which is interesting kind of thing to put into into the document. Um, that's a good a good uh, environmental factor. In terms of the curriculum, they basically said Ashter PE, RE, religion is good for well-being. <sighs> I don't know if I'd agree with that. Um, I, I'm a bit disappointed they just put RE only and they didn't put, um, you know, ethics education or something like that. I mean, it, it, it's it's not like it's a, 
it's, it's a nothing thing. Actually, it's a huge um, that's a massive thing to to, to not put into the document. Um, so basically, religion, but not ethical education. Um, anyway, SPHE, which clearly and science, science is good for well-being. Okay, partnerships is the third thing. So it just goes through the various um, external and inter external uh, partnerships, uh, voluntary groups, arts groups, sports groups, all those kind of things, and parents and guardians. And then it comes to policies, and they've listed all the policies that increase well-being. So a, a plan for SPHE, um, a code of behavior, child protection, critical incidence plan, uh, anti-bullying policy, uh, and one for um, social media, um, special education needs, and then they talk about support teams, transition planning, staff support structures, and clear pathways for help. So they're all fairly good. Actually, in fairness, that I could, I think you could nearly sum up the stuff you need to have in place according to this for a, uh, as a good foundation for well-being. And I think ninety-nine point nine percent of schools have that. I can't believe they didn't. I really can't believe they put RE in there and not like ethics education. That's. It just goes to show this country, um, they don't, you know, how much they, um, how much they notice um, themselves. Anyway, uh, then they move on to the, the, basically, if things things start going wrong, it's the continuum of support that uh, comes into play. So basically, now the way I look at the continuum of support, um, this is NEPS uh, is NEPS's invention, which was um, effectively um, steps you would take before you refer to them. Really, in a way, is that you would have. Um, classroom support plans so you basically uh, the teacher basically tries to fix or tries to help a child who's 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 in, who's not learning in a particular or whatever it might be or is struggling and then it goes to school support plan where a support team comes in so your learning support teachers all that kind of stuff and then school support plus plan which is when NEPs and all the external agencies come in now schools in fairness are brilliant at the first, at, at number one and number two number three schools are brilliant at but none of the external agencies seem to want to come on board at that point. So, in fact, effectively, what they, all they've done is created this buffer, um, so that the um, external agencies don't get called upon for you know for for three months, four months, or whatever. Um, but anyway, um, this is the continuum of support to me. Um, it's a very good idea if it was supported by the external agencies that are supposed to support it. Um, but anyway, they um, they suggest the framework. Anyway, they they summarise it as the first bit is school support for all school support for some and school support for a few and they and they go on a little bit about that um and they talk about general needs all the way to complex needs now the thing about teachers is now and i've been one for quite some time is that i don't ever remember getting training um in dealing with mental health issues or well-being and in some ways my, I don't know, I think it does cross a bit of a, a line in terms of my role. I don't think a day course or, you know, not like a specific, something other than a specific qualification does qualify me to be, um, to be able to do much of the stuff that they're, they're expecting me to do. Because, you know, I, I would imagine psychological needs require someone with a psychological qualification um but they're not really saying that at the moment they're kind of saying actually ah, teachers you can you know do to do, do, do a few bits and bobs here um but i don't really understand why they would need why this why, why, why that makes sense because you know we can do a few bits and bobs and it might be might be fine to hold a kid 
who's having a few a few troubles and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to do anything for anyone outside of extremely minor mental health issues. But um, anyway, that's what they're sort of expecting us to do. Anyway, it goes on for a few pages about all some and the few. And um, it talks about, you know, complex and enduring needs. And they require the, uh, the involvement of external agencies, uh, which will complement the work of the group. Um, but the thing is, we don't get these services. You know, CAMS, because this is the one that we're, we're, we're focusing on. You know, uh, this is my experience of, 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 of a referral to CAMS. Okay, a child clearly needs um, support from CAMS. You've put in lots and lots of work and nothing's really working. So you um, tell, your, you tell your, your parent to go to their GB to refer to CAMS. Then so what happens is CAMS writes back to the school to basically say, use your NEP psychologist. So you use your NEP. You, you probably have already done that. So you write back to the to uh, the CAMS saying, we've already done that. And they've said the CAMS should get involved. And then they write back again saying, no, we need uh, NEPs to do more work or whatever it might be. Um, and we all know how difficult it is to get NEPs on board. Then I think two thirds of schools say that they're waiting over a year for NEPs involvement in one in, in a child. So the service is extremely, extremely limited. Do you know, to be honest with you, and then you might go back a third time or a fourth time or whatever. And, but I mean, ultimately, I have never had CAMS involvement with less than three tries. It's sort of like that um, character in the Austin Powers films, you know, um, it's Mustafu, um, you know, or Austin Powers goes up to him and says, tell me your name. And Mustafu, I'll never tell you, you'll have to kill me. So he says for a second time, tell me your name. No, I will never reveal my, my name to you whatsoever. So the third time, Austin Powers says, tell me your name. And Mustafa goes, oh, okay, my name is Mustafa. I just can't, be, can't bear to be asked the same question three times. It's kind of like that with the, with the, um, with the CAM service. You know, they, you, they, they sort of turn you away each time until the third time, and they, they might give you something. Not always. They probably just give you, oh, no, no, you know, back to maybe get onto NEPs or whatever. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an infuriating system. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'm just saying, I suppose, in, in terms of this, with the um, with well-being thing, once you get onto the support for few, this uh, the third stage. If the services aren't there, this document is useless, and the services aren't there. And um, un- unfortunately, we can't really do much about that as as teachers. But we're being blamed at at, at the end of the day. Um, it basically says, look, it does tell us how to refer children with mental health concerns, um, but the um, the protocol you basically have to develop a protocol. Um, it says it should be made through the HSE, through CAMS. Um, but as I said, that really isn't happening at the moment because the services just aren't there. Um, it Then it goes on to inside, supporting children who are at risk. And they talk about health, self-harm and death by suicide. They're infrequent in primary schools. However, if there's concern about a child in relation to suicide or health, self-harm, the most appropriate resource to ensure is the action is taken by the school that will lead to provision of appropriate support for the young person. And they recommend... Um, and I think this is important um, because, uh, I'm not, and I'm not going to brush over this section because it's obviously extremely important. Um, self-harm and death by suicide are urgent um, problems. So you need, uh, as a school, to um, parents and guardians have to be contacted immediately in all cases. In the case of concern about suicidal ideation or self-harm, a referral to the child's GP is only recommended. I suppose schools can't force parents to do that. 
Um, a trusted staff member should offer support in a sensitive and appropriate manner to allow the child to talk about his or her experience or thoughts. Now, I have a bit of a problem there because that's putting a lot of pressure on a staff member. Like that's a huge amount of pressure and there's no training. And, and we haven't been trained in this. And I don't know, I think that's a huge amount of pressure when they don't offer something to the trusted staff member. It's a huge amount to take on. Um, anyway, I've, I've, I'm repeating myself on that. And schools are advised to consult responding to critical incidents. So the, um, that, that thing about the critical incident plan. I don't really know why you would do that, because it, uh, but I, 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 I'll leave it. And schools may also consult with NEPs, if they can get them. I mean, the, so basically, you know, a child comes to me today with, a, with, with, with something like this, and I've seen my NEP psychologist, let's say, a couple of days before that. It'd be three or four months before I can talk to my NEP psychologist, I'd say, properly uh, about this sort of thing. Or maybe that's not fair. I think for something, as, uh, something like that as a crisis, they'll talk to you over the phone. Um, so that's that. Um, it then talks about critical incidents or unexpected deaths. So that's follow your critical incident policy. If you don't have a critical incident policy, just get one. Do one. Do it quickly. Um, I, but, but think about it, obviously. Um, and then um, if a child is returning to school after a bereavement or whatever it is, and again, they give you tips on how to do that. You, you should acknowledge the child's difficulty. And now this is the problem. Provide reassurance that relevant supports will be organized. No, I don't think that's, that's, that's being honest to a child because they aren't there now. And I think it's disingenuous for a, a staff member to say that to a child. We'll be there is schools, but will the external services be there? That's the question I'd ask. Um, it, it goes on a little bit. Um, and again, a supportive and sensitive staff member who has a positive report with the child is, is, is given this um, challenge. I, I honestly, I'm really having problems here already, but that's basically uh, section two. Um, it then talks, oh, well, maybe, maybe there is some support for schools because section three is called support for schools. So hopefully they do. Well, the first is a big daisy of supports for schools. And I'm going to look through those supports. The PDST, right, that's one support. They provide, yeah, they provide um, curriculum training, I guess. I don't, okay. Uh, the NCSE, <laughs> well, less said about them, the better. The SESS, which is now, I think this was written when the SESS was eaten up by the NCSE. It's very outdated. I mean, I know it was rushed together really, really quickly. But I mean, the SASS is, is, is now part of the NCSE and they provide training. And actually, to be honest, I think it's worse training now than it was. Well, I mean, it's not surprising when you're eaten up by the NCSE that you get worse. But the SASS used to be a good support. Uh, NEPS, when you have NEPS, um, they're a fantastic service. Um, a parents association is a support? Really? Somebody tell, somebody tell the parents association that's part of the role. I'm sure they brew a mile. Colin and Oak? I don't know what that is. Um, sporting organizations, apparently. Um, help, help websites? Oh, helplines and websites. Counseling services, GPs. Okay, they, they, they help. And then we have Tusla. Yeah, they're going to help. Um, and you've got primary care, CAMS, suicide prevention officers and health promotion officers. So all these people apparently are supports to schools. Um, now, 
I can't remember the last time I spoke to my local GAA about a child's well-being. Um, and I'm sure, and I can't remember the anyone coming and offering that for me. I think this is just a random list they've just made up very quickly. And it's very pretty to look at. It's on um, page 24 of this 52-page document. And however, most of those services don't, aren't there by your side. But let's see what happens here anyway and, 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 and see what happens. So basically, uh, I'm skipping through to 3.3, support for school staff. It says schools are encouraged to provide a safe, supportive environment for staff members. That's nice. We do. We try. It is crucial that staff members are supported in maintaining their personal health and well-being. A school staff will benefit from reflecting together on their own well-being and their own general attitudes to mental health. The Professional Development Service for Teachers provides professional development support for staff members and is available to provide advice to managers on whole staff support. The Psychological Society of Ireland's 40 Practical Tips for Mental Health. I, I had a look at these. They're, 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 they're fine. Um, they're not. They're not. They're, they're, maybe they are. I don't know. Um, individual teachers requiring additional support. Oh, they mentioned the Employee Assistance Services Care Call. The thing that was cut uh, recently uh, just, you know, to improve your mental health. Um, teachers and, and staff members. Yes, you used to get six free counselling sessions. So they cut that to three just just in time for when you really needed the most. That, By the way, that's all you get is support. That is it. There is no other supports for schools, uh, for, 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 for staff members other than what I just read there. Yes, that pause is me shaking my head. Um, I also had some tea, which was um, very difficult to do, but um, uh, shake my head and, and, and have tea. Um, but anyway, the, they give an overview of the supports. I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to repeat them um, because they all don't exist really in, 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 in reality, in my, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the Department of Education are basically listed, out of, they actually just listed out of websites. They talk about different workshops. I don't know. It's not, it's not support for schools. Um, that's amazing. Gosh. Um, and then it has a conclusion. Page 27 is the conclusion. These guidelines set out an important role primary schools play in mental health promotion to en enhance children's life chances. Um, it's important to recognize that mental health and well-being are not the sole responsibility of schools. It doesn't feel that way after reading this. It really doesn't. I, I'm, I'm quite shocked by that. It just does references then. One, two, three, four pages of references. One page of acronyms. Any, any, any funny ones? DOH, D -O -H, Department of Health. That's it. Um, then it has appendices. Ten actions that schools can undertake to promote well-being of a school community. Ooh, this could be good. Um, developing and maintaining a safe, caring culture and climate within the school. Oh, it's too long. All of them are very long. No. I don't think so. I'll, I'll read them anyway. So basically it says, these are things that schools can undertake to promote well-being at a school community. Um, there's 10 of them here. Uh, developing, a self, uh, developing and maintaining a safe, caring culture and climate within the school where a sense of belonging and connectedness is fostered. So that's a vague sentence, uh, but I would say most schools would be ticking that box, um, you, know, you know, pretty much straight away because everyone thinks they're doing that. 
And number two, building positive relationships between teachers and children to promote, everyone will say they're doing that. Adopting a whole school approach to health promotion where health promoter, everyone will say, I'm actually looking through them all. I'm not going to read the rest of them. Um, they're all very vague, very, very vague. Um, Appendix 2A is a mental health promotion self-evaluation questionnaire, um, which basically is how are we doing, how do we know, and what are we going to do now? So it's for SSE, basically, and it's a big, long tick list. I look, I, I don't know, maybe, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm looking through it, I'm actually skimming through it. Um, it would actually, five, four pages, five, five, six, no, five pages. Um, and I think my well-being would be lost if I if I completed it by the looks of things. I, I maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, I probably do it if I really had to, but it's very long, and it doesn't it doesn't seem great. Then there's a, a thought. My thoughts about school checklist. In fairness, that is a decent checklist for older kids. Um, it talks about, uh, and I've seen it in action actually. To be fair to it, um, and it's not. Fr- it's actually uh, robbed basically from another document uh, called my thoughts about school checklist in a much nicer way. Um, in fairness, it's a very good document. I, I, I'd, I'd actually recommend that. Um, then there's a another self-evaluation checklist um, for older kids. Um, then it moves into Appendix 3, which is um, RSE and SPHE. Uh, it looks like a copy of a circular. It is a copy of a 2010 circular. Um, so that's just copying and pasting. Um, and Appendix 4, it goes through signs that a child is... Uh, is exper- maybe experiencing difficulty. Some of that is is okay. I don't know. And then it has some useful publications. One, two, uh, three pages. Then websites. Two pages of those. And that is it. So that is your um. That is the school's entire guide to um well-being in primary schools. Um, I mean, there you have it. Um, gosh, I, I I'm I'm actually quite surprised by how bad that was. I, I really thought I'd get some, I thought I'd get one or two gems in it, maybe, you know, it, but it was a, basically a copy and paste of several different things that already exist. It looks like it was very hastily put together. Um, and my well-being is now firmly worse than it was bef- before I started this. Um, I mean, my big highlight, really, my takeaway, I suppose, if you're going to have a takeaway from, from anything, is that there's a lot of pressure being put on this one good adult in a school by the Department of Education and the Department of Health and all the other people there. They're, they're basically saying that, you know, we need to have this, uh, there, there's this one good adult is going to take on the difficulties experienced uh, from a child who might be experiencing difficulties and there's nothing really for them, for this the, the adult who's the one good adult. I mean, that's really, really worrying for me. Um, and I, I think I've laboured that point throughout. But it's the thing I'm taking away from this document is, where are the supports really? Where are the supports for the teachers? I mean, the the, the signs are, are bad anyway, uh, in terms of the fact that the Department of Education basically cut uh, the ser- the only service available to uh, teachers, which was care call, from six sessions with a, uh, with a counsellor to three uh, sessions. Um, and apart from that, there's really nothing else out there and it's not actually good enough if we're expected to take on a role of a counsellor as such or this one good adult then we need to be supported in that the training that we've been that we're getting isn't isn't anywhere near enough um because i mean basically we haven't got it um we're 
really just riding our luck, hoping that if a child is experiencing a difficulty, the one good adult they have is just naturally good at being that one good adult. I mean, there could be unintended consequences for someone thinking they're the one good adult and might think they're doing the right thing, but could be making things a lot worse. There's, 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 that's a, it's my, I mean, honestly, that's, I mean, all I can think about about this well-being document. Um, so basically, rather than actually adequately and properly supporting uh, primary schools in well-being and mental health, what we're doing, uh, you know, we're, we're basically putting in these really, this really bad sticking plasters into schools with no supports whatsoever. So basically, we just need to put money, put the money into the right place. There is no point in creating that document, as far as I can see. They actually, um, I do know they put in a resource book as well, um, which um, promoting well-being in primary schools, and they basically just listed like programs that we already that are already done, but they don't tackle the real issues. I mean, if I were the Minister for Education, I've said this already, my sole thing would be to make sure that I put put enough money into a service like CAMS and that they get there um, and, they, and the CAMS would be funded properly and they'd make sure they get there before it was too late for things to become a crisis. And the problem in this country, really, by the sounds of things, is they wait until there's a crisis and before they start unpicking the problems. I mean, I've seen this in action, where, where a child might be um, demonstrating minor um, or mild anxiety or mild issues, and by the time they're actually seen by the people that are skilled at dealing with these problems, the situation has become so exasperated that it takes uh, several times longer to, um, to help fix it. Um, so really, I guess, if I were the Minister for Education, I would certainly um, go back to the 16th minute, or maybe it was even the 6th minute of this podcast, and I would fund a service like CAMS properly and get in there as early as possible. Because otherwise, something bad is going to happen uh, in this country, and I just hope it's not one of us um, that's standing there watching, um, watching it happen. And I suppose... Um, I don't really know what, how to finish that sentence and maybe it's just a good time to stop this episode um, because it's quite frightening how badly mental health and well-being is being approached by the Department of Education um, and it really needs to be sorted out as quickly as possible. Um, on next week's show, um, we're going to move away from uh, uh, topics of mental health and things like that, but they are. It, but it is an issue that probably wrecks people's own uh, mental health and well-being. And it's the topic of positions of responsibility, or is that posts of responsibility? I'm not really sure what POR stands for anymore. But they're the promoted posts anyway in Irish schools. Um, they are management positions or middle management positions usually. And in primary schools, they used to be known as A and B posts. But they've now got new fancy names, Assistant Principal 1 and Assistant Principal 2, which makes them sound much more clerical and bureaucratic. Um, anyway, they also have... Uh, replaced uh, the responsibility with fancy things called domains, very bureaucratic again, uh, whatever they mean. But ultimately, very little really has changed in what they are, except for the syntax around them. So next week, though, I'll be arguing that if I were the Minister for Education, I would be completely reimagining middle management and I would reassess positions of responsibility. 
I hope, um, I can't say I, you would have enjoyed this episode. It kind of upset me a little bit as I was say, as I as I was going through it that that well-being document, um, because it really showed to me how little there really is in terms of uh, supports for well-being in Irish primary schools. For all the talk that's out there, it's um, it's quite disgraceful how how lacking we are uh, in supporting our young people in terms of their own well-being and mental health. In any case, um, I hope you enjoyed if you could enjoy this episode and be sure to tune in every Wednesday morning just in time for the midweek slump. It's almost sure to make your blood boil. Uh, this ep- uh, sorry, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app wherever you find your podcasts uh, by searching for either onshot.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really, really appreciate you subscribing to this podcast so each new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. And um, please also feel free to give it a good review on any of your um, podcasting uh, apps because uh, that will make it easier for t- other teachers and other uh, people to find it. And um, that is it really for this week. Uh, sorry, it's a little bit depressing. Um, unfortunately, um, some of these episodes um, go that way. Um, I mean, it was, I suppose it's better than me being angry um, maybe this is just being disappointed um, by how bad things really are in terms of supporting children with mental health in Ireland I just don't think they're taking it seriously but anyway enough of that um, we'll move on till next week and I uh, look forward to talking to you then all the best bye bye